Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. If you've ever had your students complain that they can't play video games in your classroom, and wonder why they have to do the other work that you've assigned when they really want to be at home playing video games? Yeah, my students complained about that the other day too, but I turned it into a learning opportunity and I want to share with you the story of how we played video games in my classroom to learn about social studies. Hi, my name is Patty and I'm an Ontario teacher and I have a new episode every single week here at the Teaching with Madly Learning show. And we talk about all things teaching in the junior grades. And it's our hope with with this show, we can make teaching and learning more engaging and fun for teachers and their students in their classrooms each and every day. So we were looking at starting our social studies project. Now, this is for grade six in our global communities. So all term long, students have been learning about the global community, how Canada interacts with other countries, how NGOs work, all of those things. And we were talking about the final project and one student made an off the cuff comment of, can we just play video games? And I decided I was going to lean into that. And I said, sure, you can play video games. If you can prove to me that a video game would allow you to understand the curriculum expectations. And they were like, well, it totally could. And they were being silly at first and saying like, oh, you know, we could do this or we could do that. We could This would be like Call of Duty would be like learning about war. And I went, okay, um, let's pull up the curriculum expectations. So I opened up my computer and I showed my students the curriculum expectations of what what they were required to show, the overall expectations for the social studies program and what it is they required to learn by the end and prove. And I said, our project, we've kind of learned all of the different pieces and parts. Now we need to kind of put it all together and show an understanding of how the global community works. And we need to look at these different aspects. Number one, we need to look about international cooperation and its benefits. So can we assess the benefits countries have by cooperating and working together and forming, say, alliances or communities or they form things like NATO or Kuzma or all of the different things? How do we benefit from international cooperation? How do they cooperate? What do they do? So that's number one. Number two is how does the international community solve issues, political issues, social issues, environmental issues, and economic issues? How does a global community solve these problems? And the third was what is the impact Canada has on the world? Well, one of my students piped up and said, well, we could show most of that through Minecraft. And that got everyone excited. And they kept saying, okay, well, how, how, how? What can we do? How could this aspect show? How could you show political issues? How would political issues be modeled in a Minecraft world? I don't actually know anything about Minecraft. I will let you know that after this discussion with my students, I made my kids play Minecraft with me. They didn't really make them. They were all game to play Minecraft with me. So I could learn a little bit about playing Minecraft. But at this point in this conversation, I had watched my own children play Minecraft, but I had never really played it myself, except kind of they would hand me the controllers and I'd goof around. So I had a very limited understanding of what it meant to play Minecraft. 
But I also know as a teacher that sometimes these opportunities come up and they happen and it was not at all what I had planned, not what I thought we would be doing for the project. If you own our grade six social studies for the global communities, you would know that a video game project is not the culminating activity that we have in that unit. But I didn't care. And I leaned into it and I was like, okay, if you can prove to me that you could use Minecraft to show me all of these concepts, then we can play Minecraft. And When I said that, they all kind of looked at me and said, what do you mean? You're really going to let us play video games for schoolwork? I went, no. I said, I'm going to let you use a video game to demonstrate that you understand these concepts. See if you can recreate some of this inside a Minecraft simulation and then help you use that Minecraft to help you prove to me that you understand these success criteria big idea questions from the curriculum. So I gave them some time to brainstorm how a Minecraft world would simulate political issues, how a Minecraft world would simulate economic or environmental or social issues amongst members, how we would somehow model international cooperation, how we would model impact about how one country has an impact on another country. They brainstormed and they came up with a lot of really solid ideas and examples of what could happen in Minecraft that would allow students to model a digital replica or simulation of interactions between countries and international cooperations for a Minecraft global community. So what they ended up coming up with was that they would develop four countries within our classroom. Each country would be released into the Minecraft world and they would have two phases. One would be community building and the other would be international cooperation. They decided that it would be important for their country to go and find an area to settle and to find resources because if they found resources, that would contribute to their economy. And with those resources, they could trade with other countries and allow them to negotiate benefits and alliances between groups, and they could help and support one another, which would lend itself to international cooperation. It would allow them to talk about social, political issues. We also developed a set of laws because that was also a part of the conversation was, well, if we were doing this, we would have to have a set of laws that we would have to follow and all agree to. Because we couldn't have a community where some groups could steal and other groups couldn't. And I allowed them at this point to make laws that were important to them. They didn't make sense to me. I will be completely honest, they didn't. But they made sense to my students. And then we went ahead and started. I spent a little bit of time in the evening on the Minecraft for Teachers, learning about how to set up a Minecraft world and how that would work, but I also relied heavily on my students who considered themselves to be Minecraft experts. And this is the whole point of inquiry. My students were engaged in an activity that they designed. They saw the expectations. They decided as a group how they were going to show me they understood those expectations by engaging in a Minecraft world. They planned it out. We worked together. I, as the teacher, had to continually refocus them to get them focused on what it is that they were 
doing and the purpose of what it is we're doing, but it allowed us really to have some deep conversations about how things happen in the Minecraft and what that happens and is related to the real world. Oh yeah, this happened in Minecraft. That's just like this occurrence that's happened in the world. That's like if I form an alliance between my friend's country and my country, that's the same as having a NATO. If we agree to protect one another, that's NATO. So they're drawing these connections between what's happening in Minecraft and what's happening in the world or how countries lure together. And they're making those connections. And all of a sudden, a video game became a simulation and something they could experience that allowed them to understand why the world might have these organizations, why we might need to cooperate, why our economy is so important to our community and why we need to share and trade and work with other countries and instead of working with isolation because it benefits all of us together. Now, that doesn't mean that our world was free from conflict. We ended up having an introduction of a forbidden resource that was nefariously found or had some student got their hand on it, primarily because I don't understand all of it that worked. However, this was another great opportunity to solve a political issue. You have a political issue and a social issue within your community, your global community. How do we solve that? How do we decide whether or not do we keep it? Is it a benefit? Do they have to give it up? Are there consequences for the country who had this resource? What do we do to control resources that we, as a, as a global community, deem inappropriate to have? These, again, were great conversations that allowed my students to see why we would want to control nuclear weapons, why we would want to make sure that we have countries that are haves and countries that are have-nots, why we would want to balance that out and be able to communicate with each other what is in the benefit of everybody, why it might not be fair that one country had all of this amazing resource and all of the other countries did not. They had an unfair advantage. And how do we equalize that? All of those conversations are happening in the classroom because I listened to an offhanded conversation about can we play video games in the classroom and leaned into it. Now, some of these conversations don't necessarily always lead to these events, but other times it's simply being open to student ideas, pushing forward and allowing something to happen that you as a teacher may not be an expert at. I am certainly by far an expert at Minecraft. My students continually joked how bad I was at moving my little person around, how I keep bumping into walls and they would get frustrated if they had to watch me on the screen do something because they were much faster and much more capable. But putting them in the leadership position, putting them in the position that they are driving that purpose, it was a much more engaging activity for students. And they still cannot believe that I actually allowed them to use Minecraft in the classroom. I had the sevens and eights in the school going, did you really let your class play Minecraft for school? And I went, I absolutely did. And it worked. Now, going from there, one of the things I would probably focus on is more adherence to the reflection piece and the connection piece and making sure that students were really drawing those connections independently. They were drawing those connections orally when we were having class discussions. 
but in their independent reflection journal, the connections that they were drawing were very simplistic. So I would have dug deeper or perhaps done some guided instruction during this and had a group come over and maybe sit out of the play for that day to have a smaller discussion about what was happening and what was going on and how that connected. So going forward, if I ever did it again, I think there'd be some things that I improved. But one thing I did learn is that it is important sometimes to lean in. It's important sometimes to take those sparks, those comments to the side and give students the power to make a decision about how and what they're learning. Make them decide how they're going to show you what they know. Let them use their passions and their expertise as evidence of learning and knowledge and understanding because sometimes the benefit that you get from being able to do that is tremendous. If you'd like to see an outline of our Minecraft activity and the steps that we followed to implement it, you can go to www.madlylearning.com forward slash Minecraft. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning.